This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studio in Porto Aventuras, Mexico, from our well-equipped Dominican Republic facility with Muskoka chairs on a sandy ocean beachfront, and from Peterborough at Lisa's dining room table next to Sticks in a Vase, and is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, Bodog, Kelsey's, and Lender's Choice Mortgage. And now, here are two men who left Canada because they couldn't get their backyard rinks to freeze up this year. It's Humble and Fred. Dandaran, well done. That's uh, You know what that was, Fred? That was very professional. Very, very p- professional. Very. What a way to start a show. Huh? No, it was good. I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, you gave Fred this... I guess, uh, is it a weather station of some kind for Christmas? Yep. Mm-hmm. And But he, I don't think he's... <laughs> it wasn't part of his take, take on luggage. Sorry, that's not what it's called. Carry on. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Which there's no surcharge to yet. The take on luggage. Yeah, that's what they call it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, maybe Fred hasn't looked at the forecast for Toronto, but it is B A N A N A S bananas. Bananas. Do you see this, Frederick? The 14 day forecast for the uh, GTNA. Uh, Fred's turned his mic off. Yeah, well, you know. You know, pretty basic uh, rule I'm, of broadcasting. Um, I'm and I'm sorry I coughed, and then when I put it back on, I didn't hit it That's properly. Fine. No, you're, you know what, you're, uh, you're excused. Um, no, I'm looking at this forecast today, 8, and then up to 14 by Wednesday, minus 2 Thursday. Beyond Friday, which is set back up to 7 on Friday, ah, it's crazy. You know, I didn't know they had a, this feature on the Weather Network. I guess, you know, I, I should have known because they have everything. But I started looking through this morning the historical averages to give you some sense. And, and, and Dan, I don't know if, you, if Fred could go on with it's 13, it's 12. Like for the, next, for the rest of February, which only has a couple more days and then into March. But the historical average for February, you know, it should be around one or minus one. Uh, sorry, so the historical average, month of February, minus one for the high. And then into March, you know, it gets uh, it gets only marginally warmer. But we're going to have really, uh, on record, I think, one of the warmest winters, certainly since we've all lived in the uh, Humble and Fred uh, universe. Oh, I think so. There, by the way, you guys missed the, uh, the uh, thunderstorms that are scheduled for tomorrow that are on the forecast for tomorrow thunderstorm thunderbolt and lightning very very frightening dan yes galileo risk of a thunderstorm in the afternoon galileo <laughs> the um <laughs> the uh yeah it's uh like again how do you explain it i mean even here the water down in the dominican and the north shore is higher than usual and i can't really get a definitive reason why and there's all sorts of tropical storms north of here and tree debris and stuff coming up and you know people would argue that oh well it's cyclical this has happened again but there's a lot of things that can't be explained even here now well there's lots of things that can't be explained anywhere no i'm i'm just i'm I'm just saying and you know at what point do you just get your head around the fact that 
there's something going on here and it's got to be dealt with. Well, that's the thing. What, but what, okay, I didn't want to get into a serious climate change no, no, uh, conversation. No, I'm, I'm, but you're but right. You know me, I'm very well, I know, serious. You're very caring. And, these, you, yeah. Well, you and, you, and seriously, at some point, you're like, enough with the comedy. Let's just get to the serious stuff. Uh, okay. April's uh, average, I didn't know, was 11 degrees. And then uh, May is uh, May's a lie, but it says 18 degrees, which I do not believe. But uh, I bring it up. I bring up. <laughs> I bring it up. I brought it up because partly because of what you just said is there's something going on. I mean, I wasn't in town for most of November, but you guys were, it was outstanding. It was very warm. Mm-hmm. The last three or four years I can recall, the spring has been shit. The fall has been amazing. September, October have been like mm. summer junior. Yeah. I think you missed a few months there. Go through the whole year. Here, you know what? <laughs> Why don't you go through the whole year over here? <laughs> well, we've talked. But what we've talked about? Oh, I'm sorry. Should we get back to fucking David Suzuki? Big bummers. Fucking climate change. Somebody should do something. But uh, we talked about how the. It seems like the weather has shifted. Except this year, now we're getting the whole winter has been mild. And again, I don't have the data in front of me, but I know the average temperature this winter has to be higher than normal. Yeah, and I don't have the data in front of me either. But did the, uh, didn't the Farmer's Almanac call for a severe winter? When I look back, you, you and I, know, know, I don't for what that is. I worth. don't know that I recall that. I couldn't come up with the name. I couldn't come up with the word for sink before the show. So I'm not going to be able to get Farmer's <laughs> Almanac. So, I mean, even when Farmer's Almanac gets it really wrong which they have before i know it's just i think a lot of people were bracing because you think you know we've had a few mild winters so you brace yourself for what you know a comeback so to speak and it's just not happening it just isn't now edmonton alberta cal you know we there was a couple of weeks there sometime in january whenever when it was got it got severely cold in parts of the country and we had a couple of cold days in toronto but overall, not like we used to, certainly. And that's, the, that's coming from three guys that are nearly 200 years old. So, Or even, I think our combined ages is getting close to 200 years. So we know. We've been around, my friends. Well, part of the climate change message that gets lost and how it, you know, confuses simpletons is that climate change doesn't always mean warm, too. It can mean cold in areas that don't normally get cold and areas that cold more severe or you know um, inconsistent it's all those things so somebody in edmonton or whatever might go no it's minus 30 it's like it was in 1976 and 56 and 46 but it's the pattern (laughs) that you have to be concerned with and even their pattern has been different yeah that's That's right (laughs) that's a guy in edmonton I don't think Edmonton yeah. Steve talks like that, but I got your point, man. No, but he's not a simple. No, he's not. I'll tell you what. He is a very bright man. I was with uh, my our other brothers, Super Dave, my brother, older brother, who's just like ridiculously smart. And wait, and by the way, the last thing my older brother said to me last night, Daniel, because uh, he's going back to uh, Calgary today to uh, see his latest grandchild. 
he said to me as he was saying goodbye, I said, well, the next time I see you, Dan Duran will be in town. He goes, oh, my gosh, I'm so looking forward to seeing Dan and having a visit. A lovely man, Dan Duran. And we oh, we just went on and on about your arrival here in Puerto Rico. Yeah, very exciting. I'm, yeah. Uh, now I'm getting excited because the countdown is on. Right? That's right. Only a number of sleeps before you arrive. Yeah, that's right. I can do it that way. Hey, circling, circling back. Please circle. Like do, do some circling. Circle back. Do a circle. I noticed, I've, I've noticed recently that with the younger generation, uh, like my son and Lisa's sons, um, you know, so we're in the 30. Yeah, yeah. Zero, younger 38, people. The younger people. Refer to when the when the temperature is below zero. Refer to it as negative something. I, I I'm minus. with you. I hear that too. They say negative fourteen instead of minus fourteen. I've heard that, which is way you know that's that's very laborious. It's an extra syllable in there. Negative. Oh, and this takes so long. But but it is an interesting. Is, it is a generational thing. I hear my kids will say that. And um, why is that? Let's go to the I, no, let's go I, to the old wise man, Frederick Patterson. What do you say about that, Granddad? Well, I don't even know if it really applies. Minus means minus from zero or freezing. Negative. I don't even know if that word makes sense in that context. I don't know, but you know what I mean. You have freezing and then minus from freezing. Negative from freezing. I I guess it's the same. But different, but it is generational. I, I, I I've yeah. never heard people that like people our age don't say that. No, they don't. And uh, I, where where would it? Maybe they got it at school. Maybe that's what they teach at school. Maybe that's the thing. Who knows? Like I never think of uh, the temperature of twenty six as plus twenty six. No, no, no. Uh, quickly saying, um, uh, uh, and, and again, it's one of those things. It's okay because we know what they mean. Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Now, I had a, I was, I have. So, Dan, before the show, I asked you if you wouldn't mind. I know you're not bringing luggage; you're just doing carry on, which is fine. That's all you need. There, you know, you're, you're well, going to be in shorts. To carry on these days. Well, the cost of luggage. Oh, Dan, the cost. They just announced oh, forty bucks. Jesus West Jets increasing it by another five buck. Okay, another let's five get to buck. that after. Okay. Oh, cranky yeah, old white guys. Um, <laughs> so I was doing laundry here on uh, the weekend. I did. Uh, I washed the floors. I did all that stuff. I cleaned up my apartment. And I, I but before I got here, I for I got these shorts on Amazon that I've just been wearing almost every day. They're nice, sort of not. They're, they're not long shorts. They're not short shorts. They're just the right size, and they have a drawstring in them, which I like because I don't have a butt that can support a belt into my pants. I, I just be honest with you, my my clothing, it's all. They're always coming down. I, it's just annoying because you know I lost my butt in the war. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have ever had this happen, but these shorts have drawstrings, as I've mentioned. So I go to change the laundry from whatever the short laundry load was, and they had wrapped themselves around the laundry drum. Oh, right. Yeah. And this particular model, yeah, I did what I could. I went online, I opened the top of it, and I pulled the drum up about a half an inch, which is all it would move. And before I got into the next step, which was drum removal, I thought, you know, I'm not doing that. And, and the, the short material themselves, not only the drawstrings, were wrapped around. Mm-hmm. And so I had no choice but to cut the drawstrings. And I finally got them away from the bottom of the, drawer, the washer. So here's what I found out. And, and I, would, I didn't want to throw these shorts out. They, were, they weren't that expensive, mm-hmm. like 35 bucks a pair. And I looked on Amazon. I thought, oh, maybe what I could do is I could order some more. 
and then Dan can bring the shorts. And then I found drawstring replacement kit where you get, you get another drawstring, like a long shoelace is what they are, and then they have a thing that feeds it wow. through the, the thing. You know what I'm talking about? A giant, it was a good, giant needle or something. A like giant that. type of thing, yeah. And so that's, it's, so it's a, but it's a small package, Dan. I know you're not used to small packages. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But so uh, would, you, would you yeah. bring it down for me? That way I would be able to salvage the shorts. And good for you. Rather than throwing the shorts away. Yes, in landfills. Which uh, you, you've saved the environment a little bit. You've uh, you know, gone in and, and done some your own repairs. But i got to tell you, guys, area. I really love these shorts because I just do. I, I've been, honestly, I've been here for <laughs> 28. I probably wore them every day. If he loves the shorts, he'll still be wearing them in 2037. <laughs> I, I don't care what you say. I will. I love them so much. I was so bummed when this happened because I, I thought, you know, it's one of those things where I was doing my chores and I look at them. I go to change the laundry. I'm like, what? What now? What is this new development in my life? <laughs> so in the future, will it be, num, num, Dan, can you bring down my iron patching kit that I just ordered? <laughs> That's right. I love these shorts so much. I'm going to bring down them. a swatch of blue material so that I may sew them back together because I've worn the butt out. So you said you still have the drawstring and you still have the shorts? No, the drawstring's broken. It's it's, it's, it's I, no good. I, you know, yeah. this will make it, well, maybe, probably won't make you laugh, mm-hmm. but I went and got some... Uh, I got the, the, my, the place I'm saying the guy's got a good toolkit, so I was looking for some fucking duct tape, and all he had was that sort of um, packing tape for boxes. So I right. tried it. Believe me, I tried to, to to thread the drawstring through it, and it's impossible. Well, there you go. So Daniel, I've done it's that. A small, it's my, a small little package, honestly, it'll, and it costs like eleven bucks. So yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. But I, uh, my mom used to, you know, she taught me to fix it with a with a, a safety pin. But it's safety yeah. pin through the uh, feed through the through. string, and then you feed it through. Where you go. It's not probably as efficient as whatever you've just purchased for um, eleven dollars. Well, and then the only thing I'm worried about your carry-on is this. It's like it's it's it, it's kind of like a long. Well, you'll see it. It doesn't look like a needle. It's. Uh, but you'll have to explain what it's for. If you get caught at uh, customs, and say, what is this, sir? Well, that's to rep- you might and, and 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 they might throw it out, Dan. I know mm-hmm. that. Okay. The uh, in situation, you know what I use. Uh, in a situation like that, doll, because I don't have the patience. <laughs> like she will sit there and she would thread it through. It would be a little afternoon project, mm-hmm. threading it through. And there you go, Freddie. And where I'd be fumbling and just trying to force it and rip it and throw it across <laughs> the room. And but she would just so, do that for me. This is why we're like brothers, you and I. Because I started to do it. I thought, okay, like. <laughs> I did. I started to do it, and in about twenty minutes, I got a couple inches in. I went, "Well, no, this isn't going to happen. No, this is not going to happen." I even said to Julietta, "I was going to say, quick." I said to Julietta yesterday, "I said, you know, here's what's what I've done, and because we were at uh, the grocery store, and I brought her over to where the shorts are. I said, this is what's happened to my shorts. What do you think?" She just looked sort of shook her head. She's like, "I don't fucking know." And she said, "Maybe, maybe she said maybe take it to the pueblo, which is where like the real people live." And I'm like, "Okay, sure, I'll find someone there who's got more patience for me." So you were hoping she'd say, "Oh, I can do that." Exactly. That's what I was of hoping. She'd go, "Here, let let me do it for you, hombre." Uh, speaking of shorts on that subject, uh, before we went away, I have these cargo shorts, which I like several pair of them, but they all have the big 
pockets down the side and everything. And sometimes that can get bulky and in the way and, you know, a little warm when you're in a in this environment. So I said to Delise, I said, I, I would like some shorts, like, really light, you know, without the big cargo pockets. And anyway, we go into Costco before we left, and I they have these shorts for $13. And they're almost a... I can't even explain it. They're almost like a bathing suit material, but they're not. And there's no, like, webbing like a bathing suit, so you have to wear underwear. And they're really nice. $13. Remember that. Okay. And so I bought one pair, and I brought them home. And I tried them on, and I really liked them more around the house. And I thought, these are very comfortable. So I zipped back and bought two more. So I have three pairs of these shorts. And I really wish Howard... I'd have bought you a pair uh-huh. I, had, I had tuned you in prior because they're really good because you can wear them out like to a restaurant or something like or for lunch, not dinner, obviously, but they almost look like formal shorts, but they're not. Why can't and you wear them for dinner? Are they not? Uh, do the shorts, they, does it say in the back not to be worn for dinner? No, it would just be a little too casual, but these are, and again, $13, they're probably going to fall apart. But even at that price, doesn't matter. winter. Set them on fire. And I, I don't even know the name. I'll have to get the name for you. Are they uh, color, dif- different colors? I got three different colors. In fact, the one color is, the girls were um, commenting the other day what a lovely color it was and how, how tropical it was. But subtle tropical. Mm. Anyway, Dan, could you go to Costco near um, Howard's on the Queensway and get him two or three pair and bring them down? Yeah, sure. Dan's like, I'm not paying for. I'm not paying to check my bags. You check your bags, Dan. People, I'll tell you one thing. People would people would pay to check your bags. Yeah. Um, So do you think my bag? Here's the bag. uh, Here's the bag I'm checking with all the stuff for for Howard and Fred. Hey, doing it. So I go to that while I was while Julietta was shopping yesterday because. this place I'm going to take you down. It's a grocery store, but it's also like it's like Costco. You can get groceries, but you can also buy a scooter. <laughs> it's, it's a it's a funny place. Honestly, it's got like full on supermarket, but you can buy a fridge, a scooter, and men's clothing. So I brought her over. So before I brought Julietta over, I was looking at a pair of shorts there that were very much like the shorts that I had broken. And okay, would you think ill of me? What? Okay, hypothetically, would you think ill of somebody who is trying to take the drawstring from the grocery store shorts to see if I could maybe, and that, I mean, that person could maybe, you know, just take the drawstring and, and you know, move on. Would you think ill of that person? Sure. Dan? I, oh, I this do. is an I open would. question. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was for Dan. Oh, oh well, I thought you know my answer. For... <laughs> you know my answer. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what would like, your answer be, Caper Boss? I would take two just in case that happened again. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, somehow they have a mechanism in them where, it, I don't know, halfway around the back of the shorts, you couldn't get the drawstring out. But anyway, which oh, is a cool. better design, a better design yeah. so it wouldn't come out. There yeah. you go. Wow. Anyway. By the way, I looked it up. Style perception on cargo shorts. Cargo shorts have been associated with a dated or dad fashion style, which may deter fashion forward individuals from embracing them. Well, that's us. We're fashion forward for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you better watch out there. It's not, that not a I thing see. anymore. Really? 
not that I, not that I care. But the thing is, when you are traveling, you know, you're touring. Let me say touring. They're really convenient. You know, you got your phone in one of the pockets. You got something else in that pocket. You what do you have? So, no, go through your whole pockets. What can you do? Yeah. You got phone. Well, you got I'm your just, wallet. I'm saying they're they're convenient from that standpoint. Sure they are. And I'm trying to think. I think my 30-something kids all... Well, Danny and John. Well, Danny for sure. Them. Danny, Danny, I'll yeah. bet you Danny, who travels for a living, I'll bet you he owns a pair of cool cargo shorts. And if Danny's wearing them, they're going to be looking cool, my friends. Speaking of Danny, he was in Cincinnati yesterday, TFC's uh, first game of the season, and they didn't lose. They tied nil-nil. Oh, a nil-nil tie. Which is really good for TFC because they had such a horrid season last year. How many, uh, Dan is, uh, for people who don't know, Daniel is not Dan Duran. It's uh, Fred Sundan, who is a cameraman, freelance uh, photojournalist of sorts and works for TFC. How many, will he be on the road with them all the time? Yeah. How many road games do they do? I mean, no, two questions. What would the uh, TFC season, is it 60 games, half of them on the road? They play 34 games, half on the road. 17 on the road. That's half of 34, Dan. I just quickly did the math. So he goes to, um, plus, the, sometimes they play friendlies and whatever. So, right, right. Um, and he goes to their spring training and what have you. But the, the bulk of the long travel is over now. It's just like they left Saturday morning for the game yesterday afternoon and came home last night. What do you mean the bulk of the long travel? There's, isn't the season just starting? No, the long travel. He was down in Florida for like a month. And oh, I see. The long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get yeah, it. I get yeah. it. Being away a long time is over. I get it. Um, and I had uh, uh, my daughter uh, Spencer was at uh, the house yesterday, and I got her to open up some mail that had been piling up uh, while I was gone. And one of the things, well, a couple I was a bit nervous about was something from the CRA. One was a request for uh, this thing called taxes, Dan. You may have heard of them. Where, oh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's just a, well, but yeah, this government, it's crazy. It's just, coming up. Why do you care? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this thing, I, and, and I, I had a couple of questions. I may have to, I was asked something about uh, install inst, inst, installations or installments. And then the other thing I spent, see, I, so I said, oh, just take a picture of that, honey, and send it to me. But the other item I got from the government, I'm not really, really sure how to process it yet, but I wanted to share it with you, too, because you're my close friends and you're both uh, of an age a little older than me. I got the notice, uh, the notification from the Canadian government that uh, in one year and a month, I would be eligible for old age. This was, uh, I, get a, I guess, a month right. old age yeah. pension. Great. And um, my pension... I guess they give you a maximum, mm-hmm. not 100% sure, mm-hmm. is $700 a month. It doesn't seem what? like a lot. No, that's wrong. Although, wait a minute, wait a minute. That might be, oh, we'll talk about that later. Why, because I've had salt. a personal services company, that's why? Right. And you probably paid yourself a salary somewhat lower than the average person, which would be... Um, yeah, but I'm not. No, me in 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 the big humble and Fred years. I was I was paying myself a salary, but it was, you know, a decent yeah, but, salary. Yeah, but probably not long enough. Well, I certainly paid CPP 
I know you did, Howard, but I'm saying it's geared over like a 20-some-odd-year period what you paid. And it's averaged out based on your income. And well, give me some perspective. What, what would your old age be, if you don't mind me asking? I think it's about 1100 bucks. Really? Yeah, it's, a, it's the maximum. But the thing is, I was always an employee and always... Right. Paid to the max. Do you think this several, has anything to do for with over twenty years? Do you, do you think this has anything to do with Hamas? Maybe. Yeah. See, this is how they get you. Dan, <laughs> yeah. um, again, this whole thing you may be unfamiliar with this whole taxation thing. But uh, yeah. do you get any old age pension? And are you somewhere in these uh, between seven hundred and eleven hundred dollars? I haven't. Uh, I haven't claimed it yet. But uh, ah. my, I was talking to my brother the other day because you don't want them to know where you are. Yeah, that's probably part of it. Yeah, because <laughs> when you're on the lamb, you don't want to really. When you're on the run, right. like Dan, <laughs> exactly. you know, there is, you know, depending on, you know, your financial advisor, your situation. There's a lot of people saying, you know, because if you don't take it at sixty five, each each year it increases a bit. Okay. Until seventy one or whatever the deal is. And then it's like, do you delay it and make more or do you take it now? Because it's sort of a bet against death. So if you waited and then died at 73 or 74, you've sort of cheated then, yourself. Then, out of then you're saying that death won? Death won. Or you can just take it now and just take what it is and then from 65 onward. And, you know, there's all sorts of mathematical equations about what you should do and when you should do it and everything, mm-hmm. but... When you do the uh, Bodog uh, read today, maybe you could talk about the odds against death. I like that. Mm-hmm. So, and then, yeah. and what about this? So, <laughs> I'm so immature because I can never say CPP without thinking CPP. Who peed? Did you pee? CPP. Um, so, when does that kick in at some point? Is that different? What do you mean? Or, or, or is this from CPP? That is CPP. Then there's old age security. And do I get that, or do I, because of Hamas, they're going to yes. take that away from me? Yes, but but depending on your yearly salary, they can claw it back. I see. So, again, they have a formula, right? So, I think uh, see, uh, old age security now is about 600 bucks. but if you make over, like, $85,000, they start to claw it back a Okay. Bit. So, if you're up, once you're in retirement or whatever, you made, say, 120000 or something, you lose... Your um, uh, old age security evaporates, so to speak. Okay. That's the way all that works. Well, Dan, uh, you were saying that you were talking to your brother about this, so you're not going to claim your whatever, your old age pension, because your your brother is going to hide you out in a cabin in B.C.? Is that why? <laughs> no, it's the other way around. He was suggesting that I, that I not wait much ah. longer. Yeah. So... Uh, because, yeah, just he, he said, you know, you should probably get on that. I said, okay, well, my brother's, you know, used to work for the bank. So right. As a financial guy, I thought, okay, well, he makes he makes some sense on the on that score, and i got to sort of clean up my, uh, my uh, retirement act, I guess, <clears throat> now that I'm in that category. I thought you did by moving in with Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> That was uh, Dan's conversation with the Sherpa. And Dan, what are your uh, old? What is your uh, retirement plan? I'm moving in with Lisa. Okay, then. <laughs> Dan, yeah. we're all friends. We all poke at each other. You know, it's all. I do. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. 
Go ahead, I, poke away at me. Listen, there's lots of material. Oh, look absolutely. At look at look yeah. at me. I'm being hunted by Hamas now, Dan. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> On another entire different note, I was change uh, of subject. Dan yes, Duran. Change, change of subject. Dan Duran. With the the D stands for diversion. Hey, Dan, we need a sound effect for that when Dan changed the sound. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the Dan Duran diversion horn. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, having a conversation about Dan's dick? <laughs> Dan Duran diversion horn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's anyway. funny. So anyways, Dan, about speaking of something other than what we're talking about, yes. <laughs> Go ahead. I was just, uh, I was hanging out with uh, Lisa yesterday. Of we course. Out of a country Retirement drive. Plan. She had some work things to do, and it's a longer story. But we oh, dropped by sweet. Darren and Lori's, and oh, uh, beautiful, mm-hmm. sunshiny day yesterday, and I, I mm-hmm. dropped by my new trailer Aww. with nice. Lisa, yes. and she was so excited about the experience. Yeah. She... Uh, kept pointing out all the things that I was a little bit worried about are actually assets and she was you know enjoying the height of the deck uh, mm-hmm. The new deck is higher than it used to be, and I was uh, bummed me out a little bit. But oh. uh, she was loving the view from uh, from the place, and uh, I agree, I agree with her. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, so it's always a, a, a looking forward to when you return to uh, returning to the uh, trailer life and hanging out with you. It's uh, now I'm starting to get excited about that. Mm. But okay, but, when you, but what were we you talking? Divert, about? <laughs> there should usually be a point. Yeah, there was no point. It was just diversion. It was a nice day, and I looked at my trick. Yeah, it was like it was like it was like this. Apropos of nothing, let me tell you about a time I went out for a drive in the country. <laughs> what? Hey. <clears throat> okay. Dan. All right. You know what, Dan? Dan? I'm getting back. I'm getting back in early April. Mm. I imagine you'll be hard at work by then, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. On your trailer. Yeah. So. I'll come up and give you a hand if you want the odd day. I would oh, like that. Oh, that'd be freaking awesome. I just, uh, I'm yeah. curious, because you always, you know, you always poke at me about how I take things too seriously. But you just said you got bummed out because the deck was too high. I'm like, dude, relax, you know, fucking, you know, take it easy. Give yourself a break. Well, I didn't want to put, I don't want to put a railing on the deck. Why? Because it'll, for safety? It'll block. Uh, well, yeah, but it's higher, so you kind of have to. But I don't want to because it'll block the view of the lake from my lovely new place. That I was my concern. No, you put little flower boxes along the edge, and then it's an X. You know, your eye catches those before you would fall off. Before an There's older also, person stumbles yeah. over and sues you for you whatever you put have. Them up three or, you probably put them up half, like six inches, half a foot. Nice flower Good boxes point. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, you know what, yeah. though? When you come here, what? we'll talk about it, because I don't want you to be depressed over the railing deck incident. I want you to be carefree and without worry. Thank you. Okay. And I'm looking forward. The countdown is on, so I'm looking forward to that as well. Okay. Well, listen, when we covered a lot of stuff. We still have more to go. Uh, Dan, I don't know what your news headlines are, but I would like, if we can, if it's not too much trouble, to squeeze into the news when you come back in a half an hour. To squeeze in the idea that a thing landed on the moon and almost no one gave a shit about it. <laughs> we talked about this last week. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. But I was uh, literally listening to it. I was on my way home from obviously goal. And I thought, this should be more of a worldwide thing, but it's not. So that, but apparently there's a story. It did land. 
Why should it be, though, Howard? 55 years ago, we put a man on the moon. So putting putting something on without a man, like, I don't, like, what, what, who cares? Obviously, no one does, but I think that's the problem. Well, but 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 the why we should care is because, yeah, I mean, it's not as exciting as mm-hmm. a fake moon landing. Mm-hmm. But why we should care is because of what they're doing, what the technology is doing. Oh, they're trying to, because okay. two things, they're trying to establish a moon base for people not just to put their feet on the moon, but to live on the moon. In order to do so, the second thing was they were going to try and land this thing on a much more treacherous area of the moon to where they've found ice and water. Listen, the fact that we're even talking about something the size of a... I don't even know how big it was, Dan. Is it a size of... I have no sense. Is it the size of a shed? Is it the size of a large vacuum? Well, whatever it is, it's... Uh, it's, it, I think it's closer to shed sty. Closer to shed size. Yeah, that's where we're at. So I can't wait for um, moon wars. I mean, uh, it's at a certain point. Well, aren't fun. we going to have moon wars? <laughs> that'll be fun. <laughs> um, why not? But 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 moon, you mean like you're talking about like war or like uh, storage yeah, wars? You know, like no no. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about like people fight, fighting over uh, you know moon junk? No, it's probably going to be over uh, you know water or you know like if they find the ice there or something. But you know the Russians are going up. There's the Chinese. The Chinese you know, are all the, over this. The, the, the Indians they want they, from people from India they want to be there. So at yeah. a certain point there might be conflict because you know yeah. look at look at our history. It's another whole planet, another world. Yeah, you got a planet. I wouldn't wor- worry about the Russians because Putin—he's not that bad, right? He's misunderstood. Yeah, he's misunderstood. He's, he's all right. He's not that yeah. bad a guy. And uh, things are so Look what great. He's done for Russia. Yeah, Look things are so great in Moscow. Russia. Why would you want to leave? Yeah. Uh, Daniel, is it yep. you? Was it you that said to bring this full circle now, if we can, about the temperature? The the daytime temperature is like a hundred below on the moon or no hundred above. And then the nighttime temperature is 200 below. Is that, was that you? I, that, that's not me, but I can no. look it up for later. No, I think that's pretty close. I mean, I heard uh, Jake yeah. Tapper uh, talking about that. Say that again. The daytime temperatures are a hundred degrees during the day Celsius at night. It can drop down to minus 200 degrees. So the fact that we're well, even you better get, take a jacket, you get, <laughs> Puffer, get a puffer jacket. But I, I know it's not as exciting as uh, the moon landing in terms of human beings. But I was pretty, I was pretty jazzed about it. I thought it was pretty cool, actually. Isn't that weird? Because my and I think I've explained this before. I, it does nothing for me because I just, I, again, I can't wait to hear about the technology you're talking about and everything, but. All the other things that money could be spent on. And I hope this becomes fruitful and the reason for going there is great. It just, to me, I think with all the other problems on Earth, what are we spending millions and billions going there for? But you're about to tell me later. I don't know. That's all I have. The only information I have, no no further information. Dan, am I correct on those temperatures? It's close. It's uh, 200. uh, Hold on here. Just a. Going back to it, it's uh, 250 Fahrenheit during the day and uh, 208 Fahrenheit, minus 208 Fahrenheit. Wow. Oh, okay. So a 400 degree swing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. It's like, yeah, when that, when that sun starts to go down on the moon, you're, you yeah, better get yeah. inside. 
We ain't sitting by the fire tonight. That's right. Hey, yeah. Um, you're, no, you're going wonder- to be on fire during the day, though. Right. <laughs> I wonder if the world got together on this issue and put all the world's prisons on the moon. Mm. Would that be a de- would that be a deterrent? Like, you know, I ain't doing that, man. Because if I go to prison, I got to go to the moon. I got to go to the goddamn moon. moon. I'd like to see that. You know what they're doing? They're asking for volunteers right now. If we can continue this space theme just before Dan goes in. I thought of you. There's a program because all of this to Fred's questioning about why are we doing this? And you're, you're, you know, yeah, why? Why are we spending hundreds of millions of dollars? But there's a reason. Because mm-hmm. part of it is to establish this moon base. The other part, of course, is it, they, there's a, a, a push to get to Mars. You know, they've already, they've already got the Mars Explorer. They've, we've already gone to Mars, but there's a push to get human beings to Mars. And on that note, they've asked for volunteers, Dan, where you uh, live like you're on Mars for a year here on Earth. So they're asking for people to live in this sequestered area as though you were on mars for a year to observe human beings and see <laughs> which ones which ones go nuts quicker and who starts to fuck the fruit <laughs> you know <laughs> so, banana <laughs> yeah well you know some some dude gets all horned up month four and starts to have sex with this the marinated chicken in the fridge but mm. um it's not just that dan it's also science right yeah and not to get serious again, yes, but sometimes please. I have to. Well, you know, we've talked about the Internet, a wonderful tool, but then evil sort of takes over and wrecks a lot of it. And there's a lot of examples of that. And look at space travel, space exploration. You know, every advancement we make in space puts us that much much closer to space wars and nuclear weapons being used from space. And that concerns me. Because once we get there, we're all done. I mean, really. Once we get to where? What? what? To where all these po- major powers can deliver nuclear weapons from space. Oh, yes. Yeah, um, that's where we're done. And what did I read about the other day? Like Putin was in some kind of an airplane now that can fire nuclear weapons. It looks like a passenger plane or whatever. But anyway, so you take something good, technology and exploration, and you turn it into evil. What's wrong with this world? Well, the good news is you and I... Back, Dan, back to the humor, please. No, I, I, I'll try. Humor. But, you know, let me just uh, see if I can wrap that up before I start making dick jokes again. But the, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not easy. Uh, the good news is that the three of us uh, won't have to uh, ruminate on this much longer. Because our time here is, you know, we're on... De- right. We are on the back nine. I don't. I know Dan doesn't like to think about time passages, but uh, we're definitely on the... Uh, I don't know what hole we are. Probably, I'd say 12, 12, 13... You know, we've got a third of, you know, probably not a third of our lives left, but, you know, a third of the round left. Yeah. Well, my grandchildren are in the clubhouse uh, paying. So that's where they're at. Right. Uh, Say exactly. So that's what I that's what I can say. And my, that's what I'm concerned about. OK. Mm-hmm. Well, now, you know what? Why don't you just grind another show to the fucking hall? You know? <laughs> Where are you on this if you're looking for your ball in the forest? Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, Dan's on hole 17. He's lost all his balls. Now he's playing with with the range Mm -hmm. balls. Okay. Dan, so you come back. uh, Do your thing. Come back in like 2025. uh, I don't know how much much time I can do with father fucking... (laughs) 
Downer here. Downer, Debbie Downer. Um, all right, Dan. Thank you very much for your time. And you know, you know what? He really gets uncomfortable when we start talking about how government works. <laughs> that was pretty funny for us. Uh, all right, Freddie. Why don't you do something uh, positive for the world? Well, how about our Toronto Maple Leafs? Is that positive, Howard? Oh, Seven well, victories. What? Seven victories in a row. Yeah. Including a uh, sort of Western road swing where they beat Colorado and Las Vegas. It's uh, not so, really. Does that give you hope for the world? Well, not really, because, again, they have to do it in the playoffs. Sure they do. Um, you know, Morgan Riley is suspended five games. They win all five, and they sort of readjust their uh, defense and... Since then, they've really played well. Can't deny that. Uh, tomorrow night, the Vegas Knights are in Toronto to play the Maple Leafs. And traditionally, the Maple Leafs come off a road trip, a successful road trip, and play a dog at home the first game back. Let's see what happens. Leafs are minus 110 for tomorrow night. A slight favorite to beat the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fed, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sports book, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. That's uh, Bodog. Uh, this is going to be a, a sponsor mention, but I do want to talk a little bit before I get to it. The Bank of Canada, did you see this story about the Bank of Canada talking about uh, predicting their rates over the next uh, year or so might be coming down, which I thought was good news for a lot of those people in Canada that are sure have mortgage renewal. Yeah. And and I thought, well, most people would just say, well, what do I need a a mortgage broker for? Well, I think you you need one even more now because you want to be able to take advantage of all the different rates and if you just go with your bank like you always did you know you're going to basically be you know at the uh, you know uh, you're going to be at the bidding do the bidding of whatever bank they give you you're not going to get a lot of a, a moon movement on that rate that's why Mike Kazarian one of the broker owners of Lenders Choice Mortgages uh, wants you to uh, give them a call independently owned, independently owned and operated member of Mortgage Alliance License 13582 and uh, Mike and his group there will get you uh, figured out. You know, your mortgage will be coming due this year. And again, he can talk about this tomorrow where, you know, he, if you have to get a new mortgage and then the rates drop, what kind of mortgage is the best one to get? And more importantly, or as importantly, what institution should you use? As we mentioned, Mike and his group have access to 75 different lenders. And that gives you choice. It gives you options. And then maybe gets you into a mortgage where you can, you know, uh, take advantage of rates. In, and they are going to eventually drop. Mike can uh, give you all the information about that. And we want you to give uh, Mike a shout. It's easiest to get a hold of him at Lenders Choice Mortgages. LendersChoice.ca. And as I say, Kazarian will be with us tomorrow for a, uh, a more extensive uh, chit-chat. Right on. Yeah, the guys in my uh, golf chat who are all hockey fans were going bananas about the Leafs' uh, extended road wins and then this road or the seven-game streak. And I don't like to weigh in on uh, the hockey with these guys because, you know, I I don't want to. They're they're all so happy. Why do I want to bum them out with the uh, Fred Patterson School of the Mid-Pack Suck Show? You know, I don't do it. No. 
and I, I'll be honest, I've been drawn in. I've been, I can watch the games down here, so I've been watching them because it becomes part of the news, and you think, well, let's have a look and see what's going on here, and they do look much better, but the cynic in me, the the hardened Leaf fan who's been through miserable disappointment over the past 50, 60 years, I look at it and I go, yeah, that's great, super, but that's got to be done in the playoffs. They are sort of playing playoff hockey now but the problem is when they get to the playoffs everybody's playing playoff hockey so we'll see i can only hope for the best how's uh how's our guy the goal the goal scoring machine oh he's still a machine scoring at a crazy pace what uh is he in the mid 50s now uh close i think i think he's at 53 or something 54 i'm not sure yeah well, I'm not watching a so, game until it's April, and then uh, I got you know I, I like to watch that first round. Last year they got to the mm-hmm. second round and got blown out. Yeah, and that's what it's all about, you know. That's just sorry. That's what it's all about, you know. That's you got to perform in the playoffs. You want to win a Stanley Cup, obviously. I'm Captain Obvious right now. Yeah, you are. You um, win a Stanley Cup, you have to play well in the playoffs. End of story. I have another uh, sports story. If you just uh, bear with me here, I can find it. I wanted to bring this uh, up. Bring up. By the way, back to the... Since we're not... Since we... Just, just quickly, that, that spacecraft is called Odysseus. Uh, one of the reasons that it's the first U.S. spacecraft on the moon since 1907, D2. It did arrive safely, but... Um, the problem is it tipped over <laughs> okay. and broke its aerial or something. So it will, it's going to limit the amount of information transformed back to Earth. But it is the first spacecraft the U.S. has gotten on the moon in a long time. So the reason, okay. so back to the sports story I wanted to run by you. We, um, I'm aware of a salary cap in hockey. Yes. I am unaware of a salary cap. Or is there one, I should say, in baseball? Uh, no, not really. No. Okay. Until this story that I'm about to share with you, I didn't really even think about a salary cap in the NFL, my uh, second favorite sport to watch now. Yes. They announced the uh, NFL has upped its 2024 cap by $30 million per team. Each of its 32... Why do you laugh? Well, because if the NHL, the NHL has been stuck in neutral for years, and now they're talking about raising it by maybe $2 million, okay. that's big news. It's just it just shows you the discrepancy of the leagues when it comes to revenue. Well, there's also twice as many players on a team. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, what would you guess? Because I wouldn't have been able to come up with a number. So the uh, 32 teams in the NFL will now be allowed uh, 30 more million per team. Mm-hmm. What would your guess be that the cap? So do you have any, so make, no for perspective? What is the cap in the NHL? Seventy five per team. No, it's around eighty million. Okay. That's a good guess. So, yeah. what would your guess be mm-hmm. now that you've added thirty million to the number? Forget the old number. What do you think the number is now in the NFL? Well, quarterback off like Josh Allen makes fifty, so that's off. And then to pay the rest of the players and some of them, uh, I would say maybe pushing two hundred. Yeah, it's a good guess. Two hundred and fifty-five million. 
Oh, two fifty-five. Wow, that much. Well, if it's going up thirty, so it was two twenty to two fifty. Right, or is you were it going close. to two eighty. No, no, no. That's the number now. So it was right. two twenty. Mm-hmm. The league's total player spending will reach ten point five billion dollars this year. Mm-hmm. I know why there's a salary cap in hockey because of the small, medium, and large market discrepancy. Right. And again, I'm going to probably answer my own dumb question. Would that be a similar reason? Because I, I didn't think that it would exist so much in the NFL because they share such huge television money. So what is your question? Well, that, that does that discrepancy between large and small markets, is that the reason there's any cap at all? Well, the reason there's a cap, I mean, you remember the war that the NHL had with its players back in whatever, 2000-whatever, when the uh, salary cap was first adopted. Of course, no player, no um, uh, players association wants a cap. You know, and eventually the the, um, owners win. Um, You know, in Toronto... Listen, back in the day, you know, the Leafs bought into the salary cap thing because they could save money and then maybe be on even ground with everybody else. But in retrospect, it's like, oh, you know, Toronto is actually penalized by the salary cap because they could afford a lot, you know, to spend a lot more, but can't. And again, I don't even know if I'm answering your question because I'm not sure exactly what it is. Well, what you're saying. So New York, L.A., Chicago. Yeah. Those franchises in the in the NFL. Bigger markets, probably right. bigger local. Yes. But, but what I was sort of saying is, I, and, and educate me, I, I got the sense that the NFL television deal is so lucrative right. that there's right. not the same market-to-market discrepancy that you have no, I get it. in right. other sports. Yes. So, my, again, my question is, why does, the, why does the cap exist? And, again, answering my own question, it probably does, so that there is equity Right and par- sort of parity in the NFL, which is one of the one of the draws of that league, mm-hmm. is that yes, a, a, a market like Buffalo can compete mm-hmm. with a market like New York because they're able to spend the same amount of money. I get it. Yes, um, but it, you know it goes beyond that because you take the, like the Dallas Cowboys. I think are the most expensive um, sports franchise in America, and they might be worth three or four times what the bills are. Yes. So there's peripheral money to be made. If there wasn't a salary cap, Dallas just could go out and buy up everybody. No, right? I understood. Yeah, yeah, so it makes sense. That's where that comes from. NHL, same thing. I think the NBA has the best system. It's called a luxury tax. So they have a cap. You can overspend, but the minute you do, you start paying a luxury tax. That would be a good situation for the Maple Leafs, right? Uh, because they can afford to spend a lot more than they do based on the NHL salary cap. So if it's 80 and the Leafs want to go out and spend 95, well, then they would pay a tax on that, which would be distributed to the lesser teams. People would argue the problem with that is it creates the imbalance that an actual salary cap was mm-hmm. meant to create. So, again, um, you know, I'm not a capologist. You know, teams have capologists now. Wait a second. Where they act- wait, wait. Oh, you're, yeah. You're not a capologist? No, I'm not a capologist. Seriously. Teams have capologists. And what does a capologist they, do? Well, they dig in and they figure all this stuff out. You know, we get rid of this guy. We can bring this guy in. If we put oh, this see, guy yeah, on yeah. Uh, injured reserve, we can bring this guy in. And if he's, it, it's crazy. That's how complicated it's become. But I, I'm back to the idea of the NFL and parity and uh, the fact that 
you know, a team in Cincinnati can compete with a team in New York City. Yes. Is is one of the, you know, the old any given Sunday exists because any team on any given Sunday can beat any other team, which makes it, I think, you know, more exciting because you never know when you're going to have a breakthrough and you never know when when a a smaller market team Mm -hmm. is going to come through. Look at Kansas City. Kansas City is not a very big market. Right. But, Howard, you know the best argument against a salary cap? Is the, is the league that doesn't have one. Look at Major League Baseball in recent years. Like Kansas City has won the World Series in a few, a few small markets. By the book, every year, the Dodgers, the Yankees, mm-hmm. Mets, you know what I mean? Yep. They, should win the, they should win the World Series every year, but they do not. This year, it was the Texas Rangers against Arizona wow. in the World Series. So that's an argument there that you know spending money doesn't always mean success and we look at our own toronto maple leafs before the nhl had a salary cap the leafs were far and away had the biggest payroll never won never won and now as you said at the beginning of this conversation which by the way i found fascinating uh 80 million is the nhl yeah 80 million u.s and they're talking about maybe 82 next year or something, 83. Oh, I'm super. Not sure I've heard it's going to pop up, but. Hey, speaking of money, can we take a. That's the way it is. Can we take a second and uh, reflect on what the retirement Sherpa is up to? I believe uh, Sherpa 2, uh, Jay Bondi, will be with us uh, this week. Yes, Jay uh, works with Tim, as we all know. Uh, Tim, a portfolio manager, Raymond James, the member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. And, uh, you know, Jay will be uh, by on Wednesday to, uh, to chat with us. But always remember, you know, if you have a portfolio and you're not really that thrilled with the results, you can always get a second opinion. And you can uh, talk to Jay or talk to Tim. They'll have a look at your uh, portfolio on no strings attached and they'll let you know. Are you on track? Should you be doing better? Are you ahead of the game? Oh, yeah. Anyway, when Jay's uh, here on Wednesday, he's going to talk uh, planning and projections, okay? Uh, they'll talk about motivating, uh, you know, focus on uh, planning and projections and just what you should do with your money once you're investing it. So uh, that's what Jay will be talking about uh, on Wednesday. Excellent work. I say that as I uh, try and find. Oh, there it is. <laughs> the, uh, the latest news about four on one. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of stuff going on. This uh, the latest. I, I keep going to update the uh, news, and, and and this just happened a couple days ago, February twenty third. Boron One submits application for a new basin exploration license. It's all happening now. Uh, the the company is dedicated to the decarbonization of planet Earth through the responsible utilization of its boron assets. Pleased to report that it has submitted this application. And, and why this is important, if you're thinking about boron, one, as a potential stock, and again, making no... Uh, promises about that. I think, you know, I, I have to say that legally, but you know what we're talking about. Anyway, they've now made the application for the exploration license. And uh, this is something very few junior mining companies get to. And uh, where they're at is 
they've got a project they've got a uh, they've got the they're getting their licensing and soon they'll be taking boron out of the ground and that will mean obviously you know some improvement in uh, the company's financial um, whatever you know what I'm talking about what's happening acumen <laughs> you know this is why we do this uh, good boron, stuff. the good stuff good is coming stuff. all good stuff Go and find out more about Boron and the company, Boron One, at BoronOne.com. That's BoronOne.com. I um I had a sports question for you that I wanted to ask. Yes, about. sports. If we can uh, Please. open the door for that. Open it up. Uh, this, um, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out. Uh, I don't even know if I want to call it controversy, but... Um, Tiger Woods' son, Charlie Woods, tries to qualify for a PGA event at 15 years old. Yeah. Why would they put the kid in that position? I, I you know, I'm reading, you know, because the spotlight's on him, the focus is on him for at 15 years old, and he didn't make the cut. He finished, like, second last or something. And it I was just a one-day qualifier, yeah. Hey, well, it just doesn't seem, to me, the right thing to do with a 15-year-old with that profile. Uh. What do you think of that? Well, the end of your sentence is, you know, I think part of your question that I would focus on last, which is with that profile. If that kid didn't have that profile, it's, it's mm-hmm. quite commonplace common? okay. for young, aspiring superstar athletes, not only in golf, but in tennis, um, to sort of level up, if you will. And, and that's if, if it wasn't Charlie Woods. It would just be like, hey, uh, you know, another 15-year-old tried to qualify for a, a PGA Tour. It's, it wouldn't be the first time. Many, many 15- and 16-year-old boys and girls, uh, some famous female uh, LPGA golfers, including, by the way, Brooke Henderson. Mm-hmm. Goes back many years now, but when Brooke was 15, 16, and 17... She was good enough to play on the LPGA Tour, but couldn't get membership. In fact, she was already playing in some events, but the LPGA has a have-to-be-18 age cutoff to actually get membership. And Brooke was competing with these older girls long before she turned 18. So my point is, if it wasn't Charlie Woods, no one would have cared or heard about it. So to answer your second part of that question, yeah, I don't know if that's the best thing if... But, I mean, I think what Tiger's doing is like, hey, if he wasn't my kid, he'd be in these tournaments. He'd be trying to make these qualifiers anyway. So why not put him in there? So what is the strategy of taking a 15-year-old and putting any 15-year-old in that position? Like, uh, as I said at the beginning, to, to sort of level these kids up. Lots of kids have done wow. it. Wow. Okay. No, I, I get that. And I'm, so that's the strategy. That is the strategy. To see how, okay. cause, cause mm-hmm. to see how your game stacks up. I I guess my whole long-winded response is it's not without precedent. Okay. It's just precedent because it's Tiger's kid. I just felt bad. Yeah, me too. When I'm reading this stuff, I'm... It's like, wow. And who was it, that uh, juicy golfer, the woman spelled Jurek, or what's her name? Paige... uh, Yeah, Paige Spiranek. Yeah, something like that. She's super juicy. And she came out in defense of him. Um saying wow everybody like just back off the kid's 15 give him some space and i'm thinking 
again, you know, given who he is, why would they have put him in this position? But you explain it, and uh, hey, ultimately he may be better for it given the system. But that's when th- what through my mind as I'm, I read a few articles and I'm thinking, oh, the poor kid. Yeah, he took a lot of heat. I, I, uh, oh, yeah. I, 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 agree, I, I agree with your uh, sentiment as a dad. Mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to see if I could sort of preface it by saying I, there is, there is, there's an explanation why a 15-year-old would tee it up against pros. Wow. But wow. he took so wow. much... It was just, uh, and he had a terrible, terrible day. Like he shot, mm-hmm. it's not like he, he could have had a normal day for him, which is, you know, probably is a plus handicap of some kind. He probably like shoots in the high 60s, low 70s all the time now, except that day he shot 86. What I felt mm-hmm. bad and what uh, Juicy Page had to say, I agreed with, which is, mm-hmm. man, I'm on a bunch of different Twitter accounts that were talking about this kid. And some of the comments were just... You know, you just you feel bad for him because it's too bad he had to subject him or was subjected to this kind of criticism from adults. But see, it, it gets back to what I, we were talking about earlier in the show. You take something good and it turns into evil. You know, 20 years ago, that kid would not have suffered the wrath that he did. But mm. it's because of social media and all the platforms that allow assholes to comment. It's just weird and sad and all that stuff has to be taken into consideration now. And I'm sure on some level they did. Tiger thought, okay, you know, here he is. He's going in. If he doesn't do well, he's going to hear things that I would have never, ever heard because of technology, basically. I also think Tiger being Tiger, I mean, his father, a a former Special Forces Green Beret and his mother, who is uh, of Thai descent, very much into Zen and meditation. The alchemy of pad their... Thai, pad Thai, Pad Thai. Pad Thai, Pad Thai. Pad Thai, of course, Pad Thai. I had some really nice Thai food Friday night. Like, it's really good, actually. <laughs> but that the alchemy of their parenting was to toughen Tiger up. His dad used to throw shit at him during tournaments and make noises and jingle, you know, make coins in his pocket. All this stuff to try and knock Tiger off his concentration. And as, as he said famously, like Tiger, once he turned pro, he said Tiger's faced way worse stuff than, okay. you know. So maybe that was part of it. And again, it's not like Tiger's kid sucks and Tiger just wanted him to try and qualify. The kid's really good. The problem with being Gretzky's kid or Jordan's kid or Tiger's kid is no matter how good they do, it's just always going to be in comparison to those players who were at the time they played the best the sport had ever seen. Yeah. Here's what I love about golf. You said he had a horrible day shot in 86. Over 18 holes. If he had just swung his club 10 fewer times, just 10, 10 fewer times over 18 holes, it would have been a great day. No, not a, no, no, I'm sorry just to correct you. Him shooting Why? 76 would also be a bad day. In order to quali- because in order to, the, the scores they're shooting to qualify for that tournament are 66 and 67. And like, it, he, had, he had a terrible day. Like, it would be like if you no. shot 120. If a, it's like okay. a guy who normally yeah. shoots 90. Like, it was not just mm-hmm. a guy who was 86 to 76. It was 86 to 66. Because the, the, mm-hmm. the, they only have two or three spots. Uh, they do this every Monday. Okay. So it was All a right. terrible day. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. The, your, okay. point is the, your point is the right one, which is it's something his, you know, his father thinks he's got potential, and he does. 
And here's an opportunity to see how he'll do. And unfortunately, the aftermath was so brutal. And it was. I read a lot of shitty comments about this kid. And I like the kid. You know, he's Tiger's boy. Well, what's not to like? He he hasn't been around, around long enough not to like him. You know? Now, Tiger wasn't there. Apparently, his juicy mother, Elin, was, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 She was she's nice. nice. She's nice. She's a very nice woman. She's a very nice woman. <laughs> hey, speaking of food, I, uh, I did have a really nice... There's a nice uh, Thai restaurant here in the little village I live in, but uh, you were telling me about... You had, and I, this is, you've, you've made me now, I've been thinking about it since you told me before the show, about uh, brisket and ribs. Man. Yeah, now we go into the, uh, <laughs> the food portion of the show. Um, now we go from sports no, I, to our other favorite topic. No, but think about that. You're in Mexico and you had great Thai food. Yeah. And I'm in, in here's the crazy thing. I'm in the Dominican Republic. Where you can go into the grocery store here, there's a grocery store called Janet's, and oh, it's busy all the time, as you can imagine. And they have beef, like T-bone steaks for the equivalent of like $12, $13 Canadian. Wow. But apparently they're just not very good. They're tough and not tasty. The beef is not the best here. Now, having said that, you get Thai in Mexico. The other day, I go to a place called Crazy Ranch, just outside Cabarete, and it's a barbecue place. And it was outstanding. Like, you know, better than I've had in Texas or Nashville. Honestly, Howard, the best I have ever had. Come on. And here. Yeah. And what I and I had the beef brisket was the main focus of what I had. And it's funny. The beef has a bad, bad reputation down here. But this brisket was just outstanding. Like, I can't even, you know, I've said it before. You know, when you're eating something, you just keep looking at it and thinking it can't be this good. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> And then it came with coleslaw, and I had a few wings on the side, and they were delectable. I just had them, like, um, naked with a little bit of uh, blue cheese dipping sauce. Wow. I didn't have the ribs. Everybody at the table said the ribs were fantastic, too. I don't normally order ribs in a restaurant. Yeah, we were saying that. They're not usually very good. Yeah, but next time I go, I'm going to try them because they look good, and the reviews by the people I was with um, were good. But it was just, it was really, really outstanding. And you know, sometimes you get like barbecue and it's supposed to be smoked and there's a hint there, but this had the good cooked right through the meat smokiness to it. Fantastic. Um, I was Fantastic. Good. And this is a, I had sort of, I had a story about, and I didn't mean to tie it into uh, mm-hmm. our discussion of food because of course we love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a story I found and the, uh, it's from the Business Insider. I don't know why, but they did the story about comfort foods for people around the world. Oh, yeah. And uh, one of the first things uh, they, they, they featured was ramen, which I love. Uh, and that's right. considered comfort food in Japan. But in North America, it's one of those dishes, you know, it's just it's like a soup. It's like a meal. If you haven't had it, it's one of those. You know, most people think of ramen like that, you know, crap you get in the store. And it's like in a like almost like noodles in a bowl or some shit. Right. But of course, they go through all the different countries. And there's, you know, in France, it's uh, beef or French onion soup or beef bourguignon and other, other countries, et cetera, et cetera. What do you think the comfort food featured from Canada is? Comfort? I hope it's not poutine. Well, you'd be sadly disappointed then because it, it is. is? 
Putin. This Putin thing is getting out of hand. I'm, you know, it's, I it's like. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. It makes me feel sick. Yeah, me too. I, I, I liked it better as a as a youth, and I've had some really really good. I'm, my favorite thing about Putin is that it it is the best drunk food. I think. Yeah, it's great at two o'clock in the morning when you're hammered and you're just really hungry. You know what aren't surviving across Canada, and I can't speak for Quebec, but generally, there was this. Um, you know, when poutine really became popular over the past, I don't know how many yeah, years, yeah. a lot of poutineries yes. had opened across the country. They're closing down at a horrible rate um, or at a fast rate. Why is, why is that, you think? Because well, I, I, I don't think a place can sustain itself just on that. And then they come up with like, oh, we have 50 different times uh, kinds. And it's the French fries with the, the, the curd cheese and the gravy. And then they just slop anything on top of it. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. You know, there was one in Georgetown where my daughter lives, and they had, uh, I think it was called the American. And it, it was everything that you would expect from poutine. Then it was um, good crumbled blue cheese and buffalo sauce on it and everything. And it was really good twice. And then after that, it was like the thought of it was just too much for me. Mm-hmm. So I never got it again. That place has since closed and opened up with something else. Uh but for that to be the Canadian comfort food, I don't know, man. Like, well, I, I mean, if, if you're doing a, you know, I mean, I was I brought it up because it's uh, I brought it up because, it, you know, it's so cliche. But here's, you know, ramen to a Japanese would be cliche. Uh, Great Britain, it's uh, fish and chips in French. France, it's, uh, you know, French onion soup. Mm hmm. What's your comfort food? Well, I was just let me give you a couple other cliche ones. Okay, it's okay. it's Wiener Schnitzel in Austria, Germany, spaghetti carbonara in Italy. All of them it's all the classics, right? <laughs> Pierogies in Poland. I, I, I had a carbonara here a couple of nights ago. It was better than any carbonara I had in Italy. It Come on. And I'm in the Dominican. All yes. right. And I heard I sat with somebody who had the carbonara with the other night when I had it. And and they said it was good. They a couple of nights later went to another place and ordered carbonara and said it was even better. In the Dominican, you said Dominican. In the Dominican. In the Dominican. Pork's big down here, so the bacon. See their their version of bacon can be very tasty. Cerrado. So all the different mm-hmm. this. I'm just looking through this whole thing. It's all matzo ball soup in Israel, you know, before Hamas, mm-hmm. and uh, different things from China. You know what the uh, American comfort food was? Oh, hamburger. I don't know. What in, uh, in on one it was pizza, and the other one was grilled cheese sandwiches. Hmm. I yeah yeah. But I would say to answer your question, the first thing I would think of if I wanted something like you know, this is not only one of my favorite foods, but. Something that would give give me sort of some that feeling of comfort would be something like Chinese food. Uh, I love I would I eat a lot of ramen. I wouldn't say I love sushi and they don't have where I live here. They don't have very good sushi, but in Playa, apparently they have nice sushi. But that would be for me Chinese food of any kind or uh, Chinese breakfast is a big one for me. The um, uh, dim sum. Love that. Oh. Mm-hmm. But I don't often. But is that comfort food? Yes, I'm very comforted okay. as I eat it. 
Okay, but but th- would that be the definition of comfort food? Yeah, something that yeah, I don't you know. know some it, at a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. I get it. All right. I was. What, what is it for you? Well, when I think of comfort food, is you're at home one day and it's a cold day or something. Oh, and I see. Yes. You think, oh, what do I feel like tonight? That just sort of catch, captures the mood. And not to say that's right, but that's no. I understand. That's the way I think of comfort food. And to me, it would be you know, it's a British spin, but it would be bangers and mash. It's on this list as well, by the way, from the UK bangers and mash for breakfast. Really? Um, Yeah. For breakfast? No, bangers and mash. Oh, you said for breakfast. But that is that's one of their breakfasts, is not? Is it not? I don't know. Here, let me no. see. Mashed potatoes for breakfast? I Hang on. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. What am I looking at here? It doesn't matter. But, you know, the thing is, at my house, yeah. because of the magic of Uber Eats, I often, mm-hmm. I often, oh, no, it's a full English breakfast with the, the blood sausage and bullshit. Um, I often will order dim sum for, for dinner all the time. Oh, no, sure. Yeah. Because I just like, you know what but it is? It's dumplings. I love dumplings. Dumplings are comfort food. Right. Yeah, and as I would explain comfort food to me, bangers and mash would do it. It's like, oh, I'm making the good, nice mashed potatoes, a little bit of garlic in there, and yeah, yeah, okay, some nice, nice, uh, you know, quality sausage is nice, or something like shepherd's pie or something, <laughs> or one of Delisa's soups. Mm. Dolly, I was thinking about you last yeah. night, uh, and here's why: because my brother is a very nice. Besides being the smartest of the Glassmans, sorry, Edmonton Steve. It's not even close. My older brother was cooking last night, and I was just hanging out with him in the kitchen. And he was explaining something to me. And I just look at him. I, I, it's funny. Because sometimes I look at him like Stan looks at me. I'm just like, he's saying all these big words. And I'm just so trying to look like I know what he's saying. And um, he's very, very, and he's, he's so, pa- he is, he's very smart. I know I say this all the time. He's very patient. And he's a very good cook. And he made this uh, beef bourguignon. Last night, and it's this sort of, you know, the grilled beef cut into strips with this mushroom sauce over uh, a bed of noodles, <clears throat> you know, and then some yeah, coleslaw, nice. and it was all very nice. But here's why I was thinking of you. Because, you know, it was serve yourself, so you put your own noodles in the bowl. Let me tell you, you know how yeah. noodles right? Yep. And then you put your own portion of the beef bourguignon, whatever, yeah. in your bowl. And I took right. a pretty healthy portion, as you can imagine, mm-hmm. because I'm a sure. pig. Sure. Well, you're being respectful to his, uh, <laughs> his cooking. Yeah. But here's why I was thinking of you, because I finished that portion, mm. and I, I said, okay, that's enough. Yes. And I made a conscious effort not to get up and go get more, because I was welcomed to. Because along with the, the bowl, we had coleslaw, we had some broccoli, more than right. enough food. And as I said to my brother on the way uh, back to the car, because he had to let me out of the gate, I said, I just want you to know, David, I really enjoyed that meal tonight. And I want you to know, every part of me could have gotten up and eaten another complete portion of it, but I just wanted to stop. I had to make a conscious effort to stop. I know. See, that's an interesting phenomenon, isn't it? If you'd have got more, he would have been, he would have thought, oh, he really loves it. He's getting more. The key to not being a pig is day-to-day at home, right? Yes. So if you watch yourself, say, most of the time at home, when when nobody's looking, nobody else is around, you might help yourself to a second helping or a third. That's where the problem is. I agree. When you're out every so often trying to impress people with your restraint. (laughs) (laughs) That's 
restrained. I was being very restrained. I get it. It's like, here I am. You know, I have a bit of an audience here. I don't want them to think that I eat like I actually do when I'm at home. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I have a little trick that I do when I cook for myself. What is that? Here's a little trick. I make, you know, I'll make a big stir fry, let's say. Yes. And I will portion out more than enough for a grown-ish adult. Mm-hmm. And before I finish it, before I'm sorry, before I eat it, I'll take the, the, the other part of it, which I would yeah. normally just keep eating, and I'll put it in my little food saver and get it out of my way. So it's yes. back in the fridge and I'm done. Right. Because you said this, or we were talking about this a while ago when we were doing our little portion talk about when you go to a restaurant, you know, that portion they gave me or I took that portion last night was what you would get in a restaurant. Right. And at a restaurant, you know, you don't get to say, hey, I'd like another portion of this, please. Right. Yes. So for some reason, when we cook or we eat at somebody's house, you say, hey, right. would you pile on an, another complete adult portion for me? Right. You know, for more. I've explained to you the key to me for portions, too, is um, the dishwasher. What do you mean? It's you very you eat out of the well, dishwasher? Did, no, Delise and I, you know, the way my kitchen is designed, they have the big island there. And it's like, so often we'll eat there at the island. We have the stools and we sit by side, just the two of us. And then say what she is taking is still sitting on the stove, whatever it is. Well, for me to eat my portion and then as soon as I'm done, get the plate and take it. Oh, pick up the plate and walk it right to the dishwasher and put it in. And then the plate sort of out of sight, then it pushes the food out of mind, if you can follow. What oh, I'm no, it's a, it's a similar trick. It's a similar trick yeah, to putting no, the exactly. food away. This is what, absolutely, this is why I bring it up. So, you know, if the plate still sits there and I'm looking at the food, then I might wander over. I just got to get that plate away from the front of me. That's key. And I, I can't always do it, but this is what I try to do. No, I, I like more, that. Yeah. No, I like yeah. that. One more food note. I said the best barbecue I've ever had in the uh, ever is in the Dominican Republic, ironic or ironically. And then you were talking about the sushi not so good in Mexico. Mm-hmm. The best sushi I've ever had is here in the Dominican. And what? again, my suit I'm telling you, man, this thing I told you about the Godzilla. It's a little place down the beach here, a little hole in the wall, and they have uh, they have sushi, and they have this thing called the Godzilla. It's a pile of sushi. Uh, anyway, it's fantastic. And when I brought the kids down here in the around Christmas, and anyone we take there that has the Godzilla, they want to come back and get more. It's outstanding. Yeah, you've been telling, you've told me about it. I really, I'm really jealous because I. That's one thing I can't. Yeah. You know that there's. I'm gonna. I've been told there's a really good sushi restaurant that I'm gonna try in Playa. Um, guys, right. guys, guys. Guys, guys, I um, guys. I have a special. I have a little special uh, surprise for you, fellas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know we've done this once in a while where we do the, um, you know, we do the smartless thing where, you know, I'll present a guest and see if you guys can guess it. Mm-hmm. Well, we're doing that today, fellas. Oh, okay. Are we? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. So, um. Let me just start by saying our guest today is a uh, an actress, is a, a singer, a filmmaker. Hmm. She appears on stage, stages in uh, all over New York, Toronto. 
both as a uh, stand-up and sketch performer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and is soon to be on stage in a one-woman show as part of Toronto Sketch Fest. Although my favorite performance of hers is when she appeared out of Randy Rosenthal's vagina. I'm, a, I'm a, of course, speaking of the star of uh, her one-woman show, Spencer Glassman, Child Star. I don't know if you guys recognize Spencer. Hello. Hello, Spenny. I think I do. Yes, hello, Spenny. Morning. By the way, your sister wrote the vagina line, so I, I can't take any responsibility for it. Oh, you didn't hear that? Oh, your uh, audio is all screwed up. Yeah, the... Um, can you hear us? Oh, honey. We can't hear... She started speaking, and then it just sort of... Yeah, the uh, headphones, I think, screwed up. That's okay. Forget it, oh. forget it, forget it. Oh, there we, there yeah. we go. There we go. There we go. Uh, vagina one. I didn't hear that. Yeah, I, well, because I was doing the smartest thing. I gave a bunch of your credits, and then uh, and I was talking to your sister last night, who thinks she's like the tag queen. So uh, she's very good. So uh, I said my favorite performance is a performance of hers is when she appeared out of Randy Glassman's vagina. So that's very funny. No, Charlie actually is the tag queen. I would say that a lot of my she polishes a lot of my work, actually. Well, what, guys, what is, a ta- what is a tag queen? Help me with that. I'm old. Well, what like, does that mean? The queen of the tags, like in a like stand up? Tagging on to a joke, tagging on to a bit. Oh, okay. We do. Uh, it. I, you and I tag each other all the time. You say something. I didn't know that, you, was, didn't you know that was the term. Yes, we, you know. We just made it up. Honestly, oh, okay. Carly, Carly's a copywriter, right? So she, her mind, well, she's a copywriter and a strategist in many things, but like her mind works in succinct explanation like she's mm-hmm. really being like i think this is what you're trying to say and here the smarter way to say it actually yeah. oh. no no she's very good um well enough yeah. about charlie for now because of course i love her what's that she's not here we she... i'm sorry we didn't hear what you said <laughs> i did yeah fred did I'll say it again for the audience so. <laughs> she's not here her. <laughs> oh, okay, very nice. That's my daughter, everybody. Uh, the reason Spencer Glassman is here is her um, one-woman show, Spencer Glassman Child Star, is part of Toronto's Sketch Fest on the seventh uh, of March. And um, I didn't want to. I didn't run this by Fred because then I would have to spoil a surprise. But uh, Humble and Fred Radio are going to purchase two tickets, Fred. Um, oh, okay. And we're going right to give the, and we're going to give them away to a Humble and Fred. Uh, listener that wants them, we'll, we'll figure out how over the next couple of days. Uh, but Spenny, just tell us what Sketchfest is, because it's different than stand-up. And by the way, I looked at the poster. There's some pretty heavy names in this thing. Scott Thompson from Kids in the Hall. And how did what? you? Yes, Spencer's part Brampton of this. Brampton boy, Brampton boy. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, how mm-hmm. did you uh, find yourself uh, amongst this uh, the, this comedy elite of Toronto? Yeah, I mean, Sketchfest is definitely a big deal. It's been like a long running festival, uh, which is like about a week and a half, I think, or maybe two weeks worth of lots of sketch programming all over Toronto. For those who don't know, sketch is exactly what you see on SNL. Those are sketches where it's like an ima- a scene, an imaginary scene that, you know, deals with something comedic or satirical or a parody or something. 
Uh, and then there's what I do, which is solo sketch, which is um, like if someone's on weekend update, for example, they're, they're going on as one character who might be interacting with the host. But now if you just took that one character and let them tell you their story, that would be a solo monologue, you know, like, so a lot of what I do is just like, I have like seven or eight characters that, you know, we get to see in these little vignettes over the course of my show. Wow. Um, but how I got into it is I just applied and, um, the, the comedy gods smile upon me and yeah there's lots of like it's kind of one of the things where there's like you know like at a music festival where you have that the big line the the thick big letters who are the top build performers and then there's kind of everyone um below mm-hmm. there's like big gala events and then there's like my 30 minute show on a, on a thursday night at comedy bar yeah but, it, um, but listen it's a comedy bar holds 120 30 people so it's not a tiny tiny room and uh, what's that, my love? It's going to hold those two humble and Fred listeners, whoever the lucky winners of those. Exactly. Call uh, in right now if you want to get. Don't don't you worry about the contesting. We'll take care of that. <laughs> uh, what did you want to ask her, Freddie? No, I'm just impressed, and you know, and just to be clear too, for somebody who's not. So this is this is not improv. Mm-hmm. It's sketch, meaning you know, um, uh, it's all written. It's all written, yeah, prepared. Yeah, is, yeah. Uh, personally, I prefer yeah. to tell you the truth. No, and again, I'm just impressed because, as I've said to your dad many times, he puts himself in this position all the time. You and an audience on a stage, and being funny is not easy. And uh, I'm just impressed, you know, that you put yourself in that position. I think it's a great growing thing, no doubt about that. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I didn't haven't even started to think about like. I've just been so stressed. I think about the um, logistics. Like, I need to write thirty minutes, and it needs mm-hmm. to look like blah, blah blah. And I think, like, now that I'm over the hump of like it's written, I'm starting to memorize it. My director mm-hmm. and I are staging. Now I'm all of a sudden being like, I gotta do this in front of a bunch of people. Like, yeah, exactly. And you know what? Like, I don't really get um, dread about it because I do perform now so often that I think I'm kind of like, I know. I know what that's going to feel like a little bit, but I do think that, you know, getting close to the days, it is, it is just like it's nerve wracking. And it's sketch is inherently like, here's the difference between stand up and sketch, one of the big differences. In stand up, I'm holding the mic and I'm telling you things. And if you say something to me, I can react. And if I say the wrong thing, I can comment on it. But when you're in a character, it's much more like in a play where the expectation is that you're in it. And so if something mm-hmm. goes, you're not you don't have control you're once the scene starts you're expected to complete it in this much more like traditional theater way mm-hmm, and so yeah. here like with stand-up you can just correct yourself in sketch you kind of have to let it go but but that's another thing that impresses me about this because you can have great material and you know just as important is the delivery yeah. And to be up in front of people, and again, you know, my show is at 8 o'clock tonight, I have my material, but now I walk out in front of a, a group, and now I have to deliver it, because great material has been lost in delivery, has it not? And again, just another thing that impresses me about Aww. doing what you do, honestly. Look at I, it, see? Really. And, mm-hmm. you would, and now you would say, thank you, Mr. Patterson. I just said, thank you, Freddie. I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, Spenny, your, your microphone's a little bit, uh, it's kind of cutting in and out because we didn't hear that. Um, do you want to, so, so it's 30 minutes, March 7th at uh, Comedy Bar, and I'll, uh, I'll put a, uh, a link to tickets, and then um, we're going to give away a couple tickets in case you want to go see Spenny do her thing. So, Spencer, um, 
I know you performed at our Christmas show. You did a song with uh, Millie, and you did one on your own. Everybody loved it. Uh, do you do you have a, a short uh, character you'd like to do for us this morning, Dan? Would you like to see that as a as a fellow actor uh, uh, performer? Absolutely. Do you have any questions Let's, for Spencer? Do you recognize Spencer from such well, things? I as, do recognize. Right. I didn't want to interrupt anybody because well, there's a lot please, of conversation. Please. I was going to ask, like you know, with all the stage appearances you've done now, have you have you got like a pre-show routine you go through? Some sort of anxiety. Great filled, question, uh, by the way. Uh, just before you go on, that's a great question. Great question, and no, and I probably should. I feel like there's times where I do hype myself up, and I, I do notice that I do a little bit better. Honestly, I, there's a Beyonce song called "Energy" that I feel like I try to listen to because I'm trying to remind myself that I have to, I can't, you know, be low and then try to get up. But I think it's with stand up. It's like I'm not in, I'm not at a level in my career where I can, I don't, I'm not going off into a dressing room, and it's like we're all at a, standing around a bar, like waiting for it to start, and it's yeah. so you know, kind of like run my, I'm kind of like quietly like remind myself what i'm gonna say but unfortunately we kind of just have to like walk up off the street and mm-hmm. you know maybe there, maybe from the walk from like my name being announced to going up there there's like a thing but not really now, yet. so you, you you've been doing a lot of stand-up because to give us you said you've been on stage a lot um i remember when you sort of began a couple of years ago you were doing shows once in a while but yeah. give give the gentleman here some perspective on like on an average week or so, what would you be up on stage five or six times? Um, honestly, because I've been going back and forth with New York and traveling, it hasn't been like five or six times a week. It's been a bit more spread out. I would say like two times a week at least. And then four times a week when I'm like, honestly, I've been, I've been failing on shows and turning down shows because of this show. Right. Um, because I just feel like, oh my God, every second I should be probably rehearsing. Yes, you should. Um, but like, for example, in December, I think I did like 26 or 26. Mm-hmm. Wow. Did wow. you did you do shows in, in New York? Yeah, yeah. I did, um, when I was there last month, I did Club Cumming, Alan Cumming's um, historical cabaret venue. Uh, and I did some some shows in Brooklyn. And yeah, I did some character shows and some stand-up. So, and in New York, there's a lot more of a, like, a, a culture around characters, probably because... That's the home of SNL. That's, you know, they have Upright Citizens Brigade. Like, Well, tell the guys, too, that one of the people you worked with last summer in Brooklyn uh, is now a, a cast member on Saturday Night Live. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I did, I did, uh, I was on one improv show with her. Like, we, you know, we, we've, we've, like, seen each other in passing around the comedy theater. But, uh, yeah, very cool. Like, the, that was what was so cool about going to do my internship or my fellowship there or whatever was... You know, I'm looking around and like getting the chance to perform with these people, and then I don't even realize that like they're those are the people who are going on to do great things. So she's killing it on SNL right now. She's the newest. What's her name? Chloe Trost. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And again, talk is cheap. And if if we were home for this, we would go definitely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We would, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not kidding, because our the entire family, the Patterson family, has talked about going and seeing you perform on mm-hmm. Moss. Um, when you're ready for us to do that. Um, no, because we can't, because your dad has shared a lot of stuff with us, little video clips and stuff, and we just, we're just amazed by it. Fred, you're welcome anytime, and if I was mm-hmm. viewer, guys, I'd be hanging out with you, too. No. Uh, Spenny, <laughs> right so is this is this the song? Energy? No, 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 no. no energy? Oh, yeah. Energy. Energy. 
Yeah, maybe Fred and I should play this before the show to get our energy going. What uh, what are you going to do for us this morning? I'm going to do a little character, kind of a reprise of an iconic character from my Instagram, uh, known as Pride Mom. Oh yes, uh, a tribute a tribute to our uh, to the beloved Randy Rosenthal Glassman. Exactly. It's got a page here, so. Uh, yeah, it's so this this is a pride mom. Uh, she's in a new, you know, you take the character. She's in a new environment now, and I think you'll uh, understand the rest if I if I just go for it. Well, I was going to say, so people don't know uh, Randy, my ex wife Randy, and uh, Spencer's mother. She is a character unto herself, and in fact, we were all talking about this last night because uh, my brother David's. Uh, lady friend hasn't met Randy yet and she's going to be in Toronto this summer so you got to meet Randy and David and I were trying to describe what Randy is like and this would be a good primer for what she sounds like well not that's not fair don't set it up like that because she's this is a way extreme version of what she's like and this okay. is also this is more uh, the, it's more about the mother of a of a, like a gay kid it's more about being like a pride a gay mom like okay, it's not okay. a, All right. and then the, the voice is her but everything else he would kill me if she thought this with her. And also, I like that you made it sound like she was like on a blog to like, wait, you're coming to Toronto? Guys, you ran. <laughs> That's right. That's right. If you're in the Toronto area, make it make plans to have dinner with Randy. <laughs> yeah, the mom of a gay and she's a Jewish woman. And that's all you need to know. All right. Here we go. All right. <clears throat> Hi, thank you everyone for being here at Rachel and Emily's big lesbian wedding. David and I wanted to thank... David, David, get up here. He's in denial. David, you think my father wanted me to marry a ventriloquist? Now that was a phase, and thankfully he grew out of it. Anyway, we wanted to thank you for coming to celebrate the love of our baby Rachel and her wife, Emily. Wife! Never thought I'd be saying that. It's so cute. They're both women, <laughs> which uh, which at first I'm thinking gross. Um, but then I, I watched a TikTok of Ellen DeGeneres and her wife, Portia, who's beautiful, by the way, uh, making a low-fat chicken Caesar salad at home. And, and, I, and I got into it, and what I started to feel was pride. When our beautiful Rachel first came to me and told me she was gay, I don't know why I was so confused. She chose pottery over sports. She was always very quiet in temple. And I remembered how she cried and cried when we had to let go of the babysitter with a massive bosom after we caught her looking at my costume jewelry. Yeah, she loved that girl. What was Rachel? It was Sophia. Oh, God. Yeah, you would cling to her like you were doing a bouldering, which you do, which I now know is for dykes. See, I'm learning. I'm learning. This year, I even went to my very first bride parade. Yes, it was wonderful. There was a group of us. We made T-shirts that said gay mom because uh, now I'm a gay mom. I'm not gay, of course. Disgusting. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm the mom of a gay. Uh, so I'm, I'm a gay mom. And we're just very proud of our daughter no matter what. We don't care if she's a butch or a leather daddy or a, a pillow princess. We love our princess no matter what. So we're just happy that they're happy. And so we feel pride. You know, I assistant once that was gay, but we had no idea. We just thought she was normal. Of course, uh, we had to let her go. And no, it was not because she was a rug muncher. Sorry, a, a, a carpet consumer. Is that the PC term? I don't know. <laughs> It was because she came into work with her nail polish chipped like it was an orphanage. What am I supposed to do? Anyway, couldn't be more proud of these girls, even if we don't get it. Personally, I couldn't do it. I love men. I love dick. I'm sorry. I'm getting emotional because, uh, you know, 
I'm, I'm getting emotional because these girls have taught me so much about acceptance and love and fighting for the rights of an important community. You have no idea how many times I have to say to my friends, Heidi, she's a they. She's a they. She's a they, Heidi. But I'm happy to do it because I just want my baby girl. Sorry, baby girl. Sorry, girl daughter. Girl, baby daughter. Girl. Sorry, baby them. God, you got to have a PhD to keep up with this shit. Which, of course, my Rachel had received in the fall, and so we're very proud of her. And uh, I just want her to be happy, and we know that she will be, because if there's one thing I've come to learn about my daughter, is that no matter what she does, she slays the house down boots. So let's raise a glass to the bride and groom. Dyke, wife, sorry, bride. (laughs) There you go. Well, see, I'm sorry I won't be there. (laughs) Uh, That was great, Spenny. And that's just part of uh, Spencer Glassman. Why do you call it Spencer Glassman child star, by the way? Because you're never too uh, old to be a child star. Okay, great. Um, March uh, 7th at uh, the Comedy Bar, and then um, hopefully I'll get a chance to see it in person someday. Yeah, I'm, uh, it's going to be remounted in Brooklyn, actually probably in the next few months, and then uh, and beyond. Okay, man. Um, all right, Spenny. Thanks, honey. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. Nice to see you all. See you, Spanny. Bye, Spanny. Little sweetheart. Yeah, man. She's, uh, I'll tell you what, dude. Like, you know, I've been going on stage since I was a kid. You know, like 20 years old, I first did stand up, mm-hmm. but I've never done what right. she's about to do. I've never no. done it. Like, no. I've done, you know, I've done, uh, quite recently, I did an hour of stand up about two, three Decembers ago. And I've done regularly 45 minutes. <clears throat> but stand-up's different because, as she said, you can kind of, you know, obviously you need to be able to hold an audience, but you can kind of fuck around with it. But when you're doing a sketch right. like she just did, you got to know that you got to know that material like it's a play. Mm-hmm. And I've never had to do that. Yeah. <clears throat> no, it's tough, tough work. It's so easy to just say, uh... I'm not going to put myself in that position. Now she's uh, she's very uh, she's very fearless, is what she is. And um, so, well, you know what? I'll figure it out with you. How we're going to give these tickets away? Um, and uh, yeah, it would definitely be something for uh, for people if they want to go see it. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I'll uh, t- I'll uh, tell Danny. Although they correspond all the time, those kids. So. Maybe yeah, well, but, I, but tell Danny yeah. anyway because maybe he's he'll, mm-hmm. if he's in town, maybe he can bring some of his buddies. Yeah, right. And uh, okay. here's the thing, Dan, and I I wouldn't change your visit for the world. But when I first like I knew this thing was coming up March seventh, and then when you were telling me about your dates for arrival, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's great. Because part of me was going to thinking maybe I'll just fly back for a day and surprise her, fly back for a couple days, and then your your visit was corresponding with the dates that it was and so I was talking to Charlie she said well maybe you could still do it I said well that would be weird if Dan arrived on a Tuesday I left on a Wednesday and came back on a Friday it wouldn't be fair That'd to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Dan yeah. might like that no exactly Dan could hang out with David and uh he could do yeah. all sorts of Dan stuff and not have to worry about you and oh I know still have a place to stay and wow I think Dan's going to encourage that. Yeah, Dan and I were on the beach. We were young men. We're on the beach in Hawaii. I'd never gone away with Dan before. It's the first time. 
And, um, you know, we found a place on the beach. I wouldn't, I'm, it's funny when you're younger, like you just sit on the beach all day. I could never do it now, but we set up our spot on the beach and we had our, you know, our, our beers and our, uh, some blankets or whatever. And, and money and our hotel key. And I, I closed my eyes for a couple of seconds. Maybe I was stoned. I don't know. And then I just w- opened my eyes and Dan was gone. Because <laughs> I like, couldn't stand up. I couldn't hang out just, on a beach all day. But, but, but he was just gone like, and he left his stuff with me and he left his keys and he left all his stuff. He just, when I looked mm-hmm. way down the beach was Dan Duran. Mm-hmm. And he was gone for a couple hours and he came back. I'm just like, now I'm in charge of Dan's stuff. But he didn't say, hey, I'm going to be gone for a couple hours. Was, and the joke I always thought was, Dan saw something shining in the distance. Right. <laughs> and that was the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, and that happened a long time ago because I remember once Dan and I went to the Dominican Republic where I am right now. And before we went, you warned me. She's, you said, be prepared because if Dan sees something right. shiny, he'll just disappear. You'll turn around and he'll be gone. He'll just wander away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, mm. All right. Let me see if I can just say all right. Dan, do you have uh, the news ready? Yeah, news ready. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Then just stand by for Dan Duran's, uh, Dan Duran's news theme. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from Lisa's house The matrimonial home for Mr. and Mrs. Duran It is movie anchor A series newsman On the street reporter And all around wonderful person It's Daniel J. Giebert Duran God is now part of IVF. You may have heard about the Alabama Supreme Court ruling in an in vitro fertilization case mm-hmm. that, oh, yeah. that an, the embryo is now a person because, you know, life begins at conception. Despite, you know, it being a bunch of, you know, cells uh, swimming around. The uh, the issue is elevated to the Alabama Supreme Court Um the, the final say for Alabamians, I think that's what you would call them. Um, I guess some idiot was in a restricted area of an IVF clinic and dropped and destroyed a bunch of embryos. The owners of the embryo sued and tried to file a wrongful death suit, but a lower court, after throwing it out, uh, it was elevated to the Supreme Court. Then the Supreme Court reversed that decision and set a new precedent that embryos are children. In the decision, the chief justice said human life cannot be wrongfully destroyed without incurring the wrath of holy God. Yeah. So he brought God into justice right Mm -hmm. there. So now IVF clinics are in a state of shutting down in that state because uh, this ruling, you know, it goes against the whole conservative thing, which is weird because they need more kids in the world. Um and it's causing problems because, you know, if if it's if an embryo is now a child, then if you get rid of the embryo, then you, I guess, are committing murder. Yeah, yeah. You know, so because uh, the, the parents would would uh, store the embryo for a certain period of time. You got to pay a lot of money for that kind of thing to keep them on ice for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so then what do you do? I guess for the rest of forever, you have to now keep them frozen. That's what they want you to do. <clears throat> 
and uh, and it brings up a whole bunch of other questions. I, I, last week tonight with John Oliver, I uh, had a great quote. He said uh, about the decision, it's wrong for a bunch of reasons. Mainly, if you freeze an embryo, it's fine. If you freeze a person, <laughs> you have some explaining to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's so much there. It's, it's just such another example of the only people that have a, an issue with this are religious fucking nitwits. No, I know, and I was reading what that judge said, and it was just, like, you just, like, some people think that way. Oh, yeah. And just think how wonderful that whole process is for people. You know, for whatever reason, that that option exists. And now they want to, you know, the whack jobs actually want to eliminate it. Like, why even bother going there? Like, there's not, like, more pressing things. Anyway, it's something else. And to bring, yeah, the wrath of God. Wow. And then, you know, there's legions of whack jobs going, yeah, you're right. That's it also at. brings in other other really like okay so if the embryo is a person yeah. then uh the parents that are suing this up to this point I guess have mm. owned the embryo yeah but now you can't own people you can only you, you know well isn't so that they, funny because well, down down in those states they used to own people <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true yeah you think they'd be comfortable yeah, exactly. with that you think they'd be like this is no big yeah. deal they got a they got an IVF plantation <laughs> rows upon rows yeah it's unbelievable man yeah it is that's the only word you can use is unbelievable and it's and it's you know and and you're up against people that actually believe that stuff like where like where do you <laughs> what do you do where do we go it's 2024 and you still have that mindset and the problem with issues like this and there are lots of them, is that mm-hmm. they're pretty complicated, ethically, legally, Supreme Court decisions, etc. And the reason mm-hmm. I say that is because for the people on the ground there, the sad but, you know, sort of dummies that we talk about, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be t- all they're going to hear and all they're going to absorb is the top, top line of this, which is you can't kill people, embryos, people, you know what I mean? Like they're, mm-hmm. it's just so dumb, but it's there. It's going to be it, the fact that it's even an issue to me is, I don't know. I just sort of find it fascinating. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You're wasting your time during a day on this. Yeah. When, and again, the process has worked so well for people and meant so much to people and provides people with opportunity to be parents and on and on and on and on. Yeah, of all the things you think would not be an issue, you, yeah. this this would be one of them. Yeah. Um, we're uh, going to have to wrap up here in a second or two, but let's uh, hear from uh, these fine folks. If you're tired of waiting in the lobby, it's time to play. Go to Bodog.net to play free casino games. Check out Beginner's Guides and get strategy tips for all your favorite games. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Yeah, man. Uh, don't you have some work to do as well? Yes, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Uh, you know, for the longest time, I've been saying they've been around for 40 years and uh, involves 30,000 Canadian businesses. Well, obviously, it's over 40 years now, and it's 32,000 Canadian business 
Businesses have chosen the Chamber's plan for its industry-leading rate, stability, value adds, and excellent service when it comes to benefits packages. You can get a free quote today. Go to chamberplan.ca. There's all sorts of testimonials from small companies who have, you know, at first it's like, wow, we got to jump into this thing, you know. Uh, we got to pay for it, provide for our employees. But the testimonials are, are right there to read. It's the best thing they ever did because, number one, the premiums are reasonable for small business. They hold the line on those uh, uh, premiums. Uh, your employees love you for it because they feel that security. You know, on and on and on. Prescriptions, dental, therapies, travel insurance, it's all there. Very simple to join up. It's stable, as I've just uh, described. And again, the smart thing to do. The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. Uh, thank you to uh, Spencer for uh, coming on the show. We'll uh, figure out how to uh, give you guys some tickets if you want these tickets to go see the uh, the one act or the uh, one woman show, one person show. As well, tomorrow on the program, Fred. Uh, we welcome back uh, longtime Toronto broadcaster, Bruce Dobigan. Yeah. Bruce will be here to, uh, speaking of explaining hard to understand things, Bruce will be on the program. We're going to give him a chance to explain mm-hmm. his support for uh, Donald Trump and all things uh, conservative, and it will be a lively discussion. While the vaccines. We, the vaccines and, and weather. All of it. It's going to be great. Yeah. And uh, we're just going to sit back yep. and uh, mm-hmm. try and figure out what, what, why we're so dumb that we can't understand it. <laughs> Seriously, there's just so like honestly, yeah. I just we're yeah. we're just too dumb to uh, pick up what they're putting down. Did you like even this weekend? He gets up on stage, Trump, and he blatantly calls. He's now it's racist, Joe Biden. Oh yeah, yeah. This is a guy whose dad was a slumlord and yes. handed the business over, and it was mostly black people who were treated like dirt by his father, Freddie Trump. They were sued he by hands, They were sued for it, by the way. That's right. He hands it over to his son, and then, you know, since 2015, nothing but racist dog whistles. And another thing he said, black people like him now because he has a, um, a mugshot. Not well. Not only black people yeah. like him because he's been um, charged. Yeah. He has a mugshot, and of course, fancy sneakers. <laughs> he, actually, yeah. he actually said that. Yeah. So you said yeah. because they, they they like me now because yeah. I got fancy sneakers. So yeah. it's going to be great tomorrow because Bruce is going to explain all of this mm-hmm. to us dummies. Yes, we're mm-hmm. just not smart enough to have figured mm-hmm. it out. <laughs> um, Dan, Fred asked me. Fred and I were when you were gone. We were talking about uh, comfort food from around the world. And he asked me what my comfort food was, and it's Chinese food usually when I want to have something that makes me feel good. What about you? What is your comfort food? Uh, freshly baked bread. Ah, I like that. Mm-hmm. My grandmother used to make it on the ranch. Old Granny Duran? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, uh, Anita, and uh, she, uh, that was great. Yeah. Did, did she Anita the bread before she? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Anita, the Anita the bread. See, see, you do, see, you do tags. <laughs> so you're all about the tags. That's improv too. Yo, baby. Yeah, yeah. He, he just this, thought of that for the moment. Yeah, he made this boring thing that I just said interesting. No, not at all boring. Now, no, it's, no that I that was very sweet. sweet. Fresh exactly. Bread. Yeah. Now, Absolutely. Fred went with. Did she also Anita the bread? And I, as soon as you said Anita, I was like, how can I work this into a dick joke? Is she also married to Anita Big Dick? You know, that type of thing. 
Uh, anyway, <laughs> but that, but I didn't do it because you were talking about Granny Duran. There you go. All right. Well, listen. Yeah, I, I used to every once in a while, you know, when the when the red was rising. Did you, have you ever done that with with bread that's rising and eat it before it's cooked? I have no, not. I don't. Bad, bad move. With that. Bad Tell move. Us about that. <laughs> Tell us about that. Tell us about. Tell us about. <laughs> Tell us about what that. What is that like? The dough rises in your stomach, and then you're burping all day. It yeah, was a bad okay. move all on right, my part, right, and then right. I stopped doing it. What Dan, about the fats? What about the fats? Have you ever taken uh, freshly baked bread and put your dick in it? <laughs> <laughs> no. See, see how we do something? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. See, see, I wouldn't go there because you're talking about your grandma, right? Yeah, I know. Howard has no boundaries. It's like, okay, he's talking about his grandmother. I'm not going to bring a dick joke in him. I know. I listen. About his grandmother. I admit it. There's something wrong with me. I admit it. Because you, as soon as you, he said Anita, you went with bread, and I was like, I know I put an Anita yeah, dick in it. Oh, well, mine was soft and nice. Oh yes, somewhat clever. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, was it? What, really? Oh yes. Listen, I'll give you this. Two thirds of that statement is right. Nice. It's soft and nice. <laughs> Fucking, it's a long um, way from clever. So my grandmother used to make these butter tarts that people would come from near and far <laughs> to enjoy. So what do you want to say about that, Howard? <laughs> did, you did you fuck <laughs> Did you fuck him? Did you? Did you stick your dick? No. Did you stick your dick in him? See? <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. That's great. Another? Yeah, I'm sorry. That that's clever. That's, clever. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> See, that's that was clever. that's the difference. <laughs> One is soft and nice and not clever, and the other one is just stupid. Okay, so that's our big show, and we are back tomorrow. Thank you, one and all, and uh, good night, everybody. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, Bodog, Kelsey's, and Lender's Choice Mortgages. For contests and comments, we read all of our emails, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Hey, we've got that email show coming up on Thursdays, so check it out, tell us what you think, and listen for our wonderful response to what you have to say. And here's something you can do to help us out. Tell your friends about us. Subscribe to the podcast. Share an episode. Maybe even rate the podcast to some hearts or stars or whatever's available. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, if you feel awkward in a conversation, just change the subject. Even if you don't have something really interesting to say, you can't end up hearing this lovely sound. Clap your hands. Now go out there and enjoy every goddamn day. I got